Good morning, welcome to all those joining us for the Kutalochas, Yoradeh, Yabishemi, Hilchas Mila, Halachahe. We're in the middle of paragraph Dalit, we're up to the subparagraph, Vizeh Biatsmoi Hoinian Hamavur Batoranal. Today is a special day, hey of the yard site of Yarizal, Rabbeinu Yitzchok ben Shlomoi, Zechet Sadik, Mekodesh, Tavlochas, Husayyad Alayna, Balko Yisroel, and the yard site of my Rebbe, we dedicate the learning to the Ilan Ishmosam and the Ilan Ishmas, so Yisho, Yen Tefradel Bas Rabbi Shuarye, Arani Kapras Mishkavo, and for a complete Rafur Shalema for all those that need it, including Hesia Bas, Chayester, Chavivachana Bas Galia, Avivelana Bas Yispendel, Sorocho Bas Yispendel, Soralea Bas Chavaliba, Chaim Aryeh ben Brocha, Avram David ben Chana, Sorogitl bas Chanariva, Mariam Esther bas Sorogitl, Shlomanisa ben Mazel, Yaakov Yeshua ben... Yaakov Yeshua ben... Freda Rechel, Shlomir ben Rivka Sprinza, Froma bas Genesia, This halacha is based on chapter 65 on Yikud where Rabbi Nezal speaks about people experiencing major suffering, and when it happens, there's a natural tendency to close one eyes, one's eyes tight when a person especially is experiencing pain. And Rabbi Nezal says the reason why Hashem put that into our nature is because this world has good and bad in it. The next Oilam Harba has only good. Yoim it's good. Just like in this world, when your eyes are open, you can see a certain distance. When you want to see further, you close the eyes, you squint, and that gives you the ability to see further. Closing, narrowing the opening of the eye gives you the ability to see further. Rabbi Nezal says when you close your eyes completely to this world, to the distractions of this world, you're able to see into the next world and you're able to connect to that place that's all good. And that alleviates the pain in a very, very big way. But then Rabbi Nezal says that that's only a temporary solution because you can't do that permanently. You can't keep your eyes closed permanently. So what happens when you open your eyes again, when you, and that state of closing one's eyes tightly and connecting to that, to Olam Haba, that's also what the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch tell us, that the Hasidim Horishonim, when they were about to daven Shmon Esrei, that's what they would do. They would have Hispashtus Hagashmiz. They would disconnect completely from the physical world and be connected totally above Beetle. They would be nullify themselves completely to Hashem. But again, you can't daven Shmon Esrei all day. So what happens when you come back down? Rabbi Nezal says, when you come back down, the others, the Sitrachra comes back even more powerful, stronger. And the only solution then is that as a result of the imprint of that great light that the person received when they were up there, they're able to bring down Chidushe Torah. They're able to bring down new revelations in Torah and with Simcha, with Simcha. And that combination of those Chidushe Torah and the Simcha is what gives the person the ability to withstand all the challenges, et cetera, et cetera. I'm giving you briefly what Rabbi Nezal says there in Torah Samachai. 
And Rav Nelson Zalv here is connecting it to the mitzvah of Mila. When the person is coming back down from that state of Bitul, the way that the person calms down that major thirst that the soul has by as a result of the suffering, Rabbenazal shows there through Psukim that suffering causes this thirst. And you have to quench the thirst with these waters of Torah, with these chidushe Torah. So, kikol <clears throat> because all of this Torah that the person receives and draws upon themselves from the imprint of that incredible high that the person experienced when they tapped into that very high place, Rav Nosanzal now stresses, this is a, a new point that he's introducing, that it's extremely important to draw that Torah through tefillah and pleading with Hashem. And again, this fits in perfectly with what I said. Rav Nosanzal doesn't say it here, but the example for this is going into Shman Esrev, that if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, it says that one of the times, that a time of day, when every Jew is supposed to do this is when we're about to start Shman Esrei. We're supposed to unplug all the wires that are connecting us to this world and try to go for this Hispashtus Agashmias. When a person's down in Shman Esrei, they're supposed to have their eyes completely closed or they're looking only into the sitter, which is like closing your eyes to the world around you and, and experiencing this beetle. And what are you doing with this beetle? You're davening, you're being mispalil, you're saying the Shmonesre. And your mission is to bring down new moichem. The Arizal calls it new moichem. Rabbein Azal and Rabbein Azal are calling it new Torah, new revelations of Torah, a new package of Torah for today. As Rabbein Azal speaks about this in several places throughout Likud Imran, stressing that the way a person receives Torah is through tefillah. You have to daven for it. For example, chapter eight, there Rabbi Nezal is explaining this pasuk, and Rabbi Nezal says the ma'ayan is the Torah. A ma'ayan is water, and water is Torah. Where does the Torah come from? Mi beis Hashem. What is the beis Hashem? That in order for a person to receive Torah min Hashemayim, you have to be mispala for it. And also in chapter 20 in Likud Imran, where there again, Rabbi Nezal speaks about the tzaddikim being mispala, pleading with Hashem to be able to draw water down. Like when Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to speak to the rock, speaking to the rock meant speaking to the Shekhinah, the Shekhinah is called Tzur Levavi, to bring forth water. What is water? Water is Torah, Meimei Torah, Biurei HaTorah, Rabbi Nezal calls it there. V'chein muvan b'ha-Torah hazois. And Rabbi Nezal says, if you look carefully in the chapter on Likud Yaman that we're dealing with here, chapter 65, you'll see also this connection, how? Shemaschel ledaber la'asois echot mikol ha-tfilah. Rabbi Nezal starts that chapter on Likud Yaman 
speaking about a person trying to make their whole tefillah into one, meaning a person says modani, then they say adon olam, then they say the brachas, and each thing is a separate chapter like And Rabbi Nezal says that's not really perfection of tefillah. Perfection of tefillah is like a person picking flowers. You pick a beautiful red flower, then you pick a beautiful yellow flower and put it together with the red one. Then you pick a pink flower, put it together. That when a person's davening, when a person goes on to the next page of tefillah, don't let go of the first page. Hold on to it and, and, and put number two together with one and then number three together with one and two to make one out of your entire tefillah. That's what gives it a whole completely different power. Just like if you have 10 people in 10 different rooms, you don't have a minion. You can't say Kaddish, you can't say Baruch It's only if they are one, if they're all put together, suddenly all kinds of alarms go off, all kinds of booms go off. So here also with the tefillah, by a person making one out of the whole tefillah, that makes it, that elevates it to a whole other level. How? Alidei ha'istakli salatachlis. By being, able, by being able to look out of this world, by being able to look up to that place where it's all oneness, where there's no right and left anymore. It's all oneness. And then afterwards, later on in the chapter, Rabbi Nezal continues, and he says, that by looking up to that place of oneness, a person is able to bring down Torah from the imprint of the beetle, Ayin Shom. So Rav Nosanzal now adds, This isn't like two separate discussions over there in Likud Yamarab. It's all really one. Because this is one of the most important Yisraelis in Yiddishkeit and in Breslev that you need both of these, Torah and Tefillah, and each one depends on the other one. A person's success in Tefillah is dependent on Torah. You have that Pasuk, Mesir Oznoi Mishmoya Torah, Gam Tefillosoi Toyevo, that if a person turns away from listening to Torah, their Tefillah is despicable. Toyevo is one of the worst words in, in Hebrew, in, in Lashon Kodesh. And at the same time, Torah is called Samchaim and Samovis, medicine or poison. What's going to define whether the Torah is a medicine or poison for me? How much I daven. When I say the brachas in the morning and I would say, Hashem, please, that I daven, that my Torah should be real Torah. My Torah should be Torah Samis. What do you mean? There's a Torah of Shekhar? Yes, definitely. A person has to daven to be zeichet to the emes of the Torah. Ach beemes hakol echod ki Torah tefilas tuim bezem ki heoras hazrichas horishimu atoshman ayrov. It is this light that comes from that imprint, that awesome holy imprint. When the person made that beetle, shenesheres mei beetle tzrichin tchilo lahapshich alatzmoi. The person has to draw that upon themselves, and bind it to themselves really, really well. How? Through tefillah. Because tefillah 
is the source and the origin of where that Torah is coming from. Umayan mi beis Hashem The Mayan comes from the beis Hashem. It comes from Tefillah. V'yachakach mispashet hamayon v'nasem yisechidushet Torah. And afterwards, that Mayan flows and it, it evolves into chidushet Torah. V'yidezer mekarer umevatel hayisurim. And this cools off the fire, the fire of the suffering and pain that the person is experiencing. Because this combination of tefillah and Torah is what generates the vessels, which enables a person to receive that flow coming from Hashem, it should be for good, it should benefit the person. The water should be waters that quench thirst, not tsunami, not flood waters, we see water can go either way. The marble was water, right? A tsunami destroys everything in its bed. And water is what nourishes. The whole country is, is dependent on water. That, that the drawing of the Chidush Torah should be a benefit to the person to receive that Shefer Chesed for the good, not Chas to breathe, to lead to an eternal death, We see we have the case of Yerovam Benavot, for example. He was so learned, he was so great a chacham and everything, and and all his chachma led him down, led him into avodah led him into turning Klal Yisrael upside down. So it could go either way. Any questions? Good question. Number one, could we give examples of Chidushe Torah that would pertain to more simple people and to women even? Question number one. And number two, how do we practically do this Yichud in the Tefillah by looking to the place of oneness? What does this mean to us? We aren't exactly able to climb the ladder of the Oilamois like the, like the great Sadiqim. Stay tuned. Rav Nosanzal is going to address this soon. He's going to speak about this, number one. But number two, I, I gave an example. One example is that as we're davening in the morning, we're davening shachlis, and we're going from level to level. We're starting with karbonus, that's chapter one. Then we go into psuke de zimra, that's chapter two. We're told we're going to a second level. And then kriya shma and the brachis is a third level. And then shmon esrei, which is called Atzimus. That's the deepest, highest level connection with Hashem. When a person daven Shmon Esrei, and before Shmon Esrei, we take three steps back. Those three steps back mean that we're leaving, we're walking out of, we're leaving this world. We're leaving the Gashmias, we're leaving, and when we take those three steps forward, we're going into the throne room of Hashem. And then a person, those that can, close their eyes during Shmon Esrei, or a person looking in the sitter, that's beetle. That's this incredible, that's an example, one example of this beetle. Another example is when a person is having hispoidus. Hispoidus means alone. I'm leaving the world. I'm going out of the world. 
where I'm going into the woods, into a forest, or I'm going into my bedroom, a private room in my house, or I'm going under the covers in my bed. Any one of these examples is an example of leaving, disconnecting from the world around us and, and connecting to that super high level. So it was mentioned on Shabbos at Shalashudas here at the Pasuk in, in, uh, in the Tefillah that we say at the end of Shmon Esri on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur when we describe the Koin Godel coming out of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. We say there, like a person sitting a hidden place, seser, hidden, to plead with the king. That's what his is about. His is an example of this beetle, where a person unplugs from the physical, materialistic world completely, and it's just Hashem and me. That's level one. Level one is that it's just Hashem and me, nothing. I'm, I'm disconnected completely from this world. Level two is that it's just Hashem. There is no me. There is no me, like the I don't exist. All that exists, all that exists is Hashem. So then who, who's talking? The answer is it's Hashem talking. Any words coming out of my mouth, I know it's not my world. What am I? What am I? I'm a machine that I'm nothing. It's Hashem speaking, it's the Neshama inside of me. Nafshi My soul is coming forth in my speech. What is my soul? It's part of Hashem. It's Hashem speaking to Hashem, These are some examples of this, although we're going to see, Rab Nassim is going to tell us soon, that we are all little children. We need to know that there are tzaddikim who are able to do this, who are on this kind of level, and they do it. And this is one of the reasons why we say, This is one of the reasons why it's so important when a person is davening, to attach ourselves, to bind ourselves to the tzaddikim. Because by binding ourselves to them, even if we can't do this beetle at all, they can. And by bringing my tefillah to them, my tefillah will be included in the beetle that the tzaddik does and in the chidushet Torah that he brings down, etc., etc. Now, regarding the question of chidushet Torah, I've mentioned this in the past. Rav Nelson writes in one place in the Kutelachas, that one of the greatest things that a person could possibly do for a parent that passed away is if the person is to be in Torah, to be able to come forth with a new idea in Torah. But Rav Nosnav says, what about the vast majority of us that aren't on that level? So he says, when a person sits down to learn, and they're learning the Torah with his chachos, I'm learning a Torah like it's my first time. This week, we're going to read Parshas Vesan. We finished on Shabbos, we read Parshas Vorim. We're going on to Parshas Veschana. I'm reading, I'm hearing Veschana. Oh, I heard this already. No, I didn't hear this already. I'm hearing this for the first time. His Chachus, Rav says, that's also considered a form of Chidushe Torah. When a person's attitude towards their study of Torah is that it's new to me. I'm learning it with a newness. And now the Muslim takes us back. Second. Yes. And 
which first in the next revolution, so to speak, in print version that in Question, question, it sounds like tefillah in a sense is more safe. That tefillah, you can't, you have less chance of going wrong. Whereas the Torah being told is some chayim, some others. It seems to a degree it's true. To a degree it's true. Although even in tefillah, a person needs to learn how to daven. Person starts davening on their own. The Gemara says that one of the rabbis once saw somebody davening to marry a specific girl. And he said, what are you doing? What if she's not your real Zibul? You're going to daven, it's going to happen, and then it's going to result in a catastrophe. So tefillah also requires some degree, some guidance, some learning. But again, it's it's less dangerous because tefillah is beetle. Tefillah is humility. Tefillah is that I'm, I'm showing that I, I need help. I'm, I'm turning to Hashem for help. And now Rav Nusensal continues. The Alkane, and based on what we just learned here, the MS Ein Odom Yodea Eichles the truth is that we don't know how to daven. If this is tefillah, if tefillah means beetle, nullifying and negating yourself completely, and if tefillah means making one out of the entire tefillah, how many of us are on a level that we're able to do that? So the truth is, we don't really know how to be mispalil. He im tzadikei hador amitian. It's only the true tzadikim of the generation. They are the ones who really know how to daven. And as the Gemara says in Baba Basra, that if someone has a crisis, someone has a problem, someone in the family is sick, go to a chacham and ask him to be mispalil. Why? Why do I have to go? Every Jew can be mispalil, no? The answer is yes, every Jew can be spal, but it's not the same. And real tefillah is something that only the tzaddikim amitim, the greatest tzaddikim amitim, are the ones who are zerchetu. Ki yefsher lohovi el hatachlis ki im hatzadeko amiti. Because it's impossible for us on our own to get to this tachlis, to get to this very high place without the help of the true tzaddik. Who is the master of the field that Rabbein Azal speaks about in the beginning of that chapter on the Kutimran, Torah Samachai? The Tzadik looks at all of those people who are still far from the Tachlis, they're far from Tveikustashem, the ain't Klula Be'echot. And the person's tefillah is not one. The person is not on a madrid. The person's tefillah gets interrupted with all kinds of distractions and all kinds of other thoughts. And the true tzaddik tries to do whatever he can to help the person get to the tachlis. That our tefillahs should also be able to plug into that oneness. Ayin Sham, look over there in Torah Samachai, where Abenazal speaks about this. The Alkane, 
Shloimoi, now Rav Nosan Zal explains a beautiful thing. V'yalkein Shloimoi, bo'ez shehispalel, kishenikmar abeis amikdosh, sheyishma shemizboa atfilas Yisroel, hamechavnen daitom l'shom, and therefore, when Shloimoi Melech finished building the Beis Amikdosh, and he was mispalel to Hashem, that, that all the Jews that daven and face towards the Beis Hamikdash when they're davening, that Hashem should listen to our tefillah, Omar Beferush, Shlomo Melech says clearly, Rashi explains, what does that mean? If you know that a person is using his money to destroy someone else, then don't give him money. A person who's davening Hashem, give me a lot of money, give me wealth. Hashem, if you know that he's going to misuse that money, he's going to use that money to harm someone else or to harm himself, then don't give it to him. Ayin Sham, take a look over there in Rashi. That Shlomo Melch was misfile for this. He knew, he knew that Tfila needs help. Our Tfilas need help. And that's why the truth is that regarding Tfila, there are incredible, incredible things going on. The Amy And the only ones who really know how to daven properly are the true tzaddikim. So one minute, so therefore we shouldn't daven? No, no, this is not a heter that we shouldn't daven. Therefore we must bind our tefillah to the tzaddikim. And they will see to it to elevate our tefillahs properly, to make sure it goes to where it needs to get to and so that our tefillah will bring about good, healthy results for us. Positive things only. Children, life, in a manner that it will not harm us in any way. Because we learned in the previous year, when you don't have kalim and the shefa is flowing, that shefa will hurt you, it'll destroy you, it'll do tremendous damage. So, so that Sadiqim, the true Sadiqim, are aware of all of this and they understand us. So they know and they, they have Kalim for themselves and they can provide Kalim for us. So they can ensure if we attach ourselves to the Sadiqim, they can assure that our tefillah will only, it'll only do us good, it won't do us harm, it'll get to where it needs to get to, etc. Just the opposite. <coughs> that not only that it won't harm us, but rather, as a result of receiving Shefa from Hashem, it'll bring about our Tikkun and it'll bring us to Tshuva. We learned earlier that most people, most people who have wealth, the wealth ends up make, bringing them far further away from Hashem. You would think that the person becomes so rich, so they have more time to daven, more time to learn, and they're doing many more mitzvahs. But Rav Nosenzel had said that, unfortunately, in most cases, it's not like that. So therefore, it's extremely important if we want to daven for wealth, if we want parnasa, 
to make sure to be makasher out tefillah to the tzaddikim, because they can ensure that the tefillah will result in a healthy shefa, in a shefa that will bring us closer to Hashem, not a shefa, not a wealth, not oisher shomor of l'rasoi, as he mentioned earlier. Any questions? Is it true then that a Jew should be able to come out of the Shmonestri with Chidushe Torah? The answer is that the Arizal says that as a result of davening Shmonestri, that's when we're bringing down a flow of Moichen, a flow of new Seichel, new light that comes to us. Those that are Zoicher, it'll come in the form of Chidushe Torah. When? Doesn't mean the second you finish Shmonestri, if you follow the procedure in the Shulchan Aruch. In the Shulchan Aruch says, when you finish davening shachris, go to the base medrash to learn Torah. That's what it says, that after davening, you should be learning Torah. If you're doing that, you're going to be receiving new Torah this new, with this new moichen that you received. For those that can't, a person who must run out to go to work right after davening, a person has to believe that they have this moichen, and the next opportunity that they have to learn Torah they're going to be doing it with this new moichen, this new seichel that they got as a result of this whole process. Also true. We have, this is all working together. It's part of a process. It's part of a process. In the Kisle Arusa, he explains step by step what's happening in Kriyashma, what's happening in Shmuel Esra. And, and Rabbeinazal's teachings are definitely based on the, on the writings of the Arusa. A question, what does a Kohen do when a Kohen cannot go to Kivrit Sadiqin? The answer is a Kohen can also be Makasher, his tefillah, to the Tzadikin, what a Kohen can have in mind. What a Kohen can say that the Harini Makasher that we say before tefillah, and a Kohen, and a Kohen can, can try to come close to living Tzadikin. And when we're learning Gemara, when we're learning Shulchan Aruch, and we say Rabbi Akiva Imer, or this rabbi says, we're being Makasher, we have in mind that I want to connect to these sadikim, I need their help in seeing to it that my avoider should get to where it needs to get to. Rav Nosanzal says, now take a look at the exact words of Shlomo HaMelech in his tefillah, where he says, Ki ato yodato levadcho es levav kol Hashem, you and only you Know the hearts of every single person. And, and do what needs to be done, that we should respect you, we should fear you throughout our entire lives. I knew, that Hashem should fulfill all the requests that Klai Yisrael is davening for. But he adds that peace 
that Hashem that our fear, what we're asking for, the money and the, the houses and the cars and everything, it should be only to our benefit. That whatever you're going to give us should add to our respect for you, should add to our Yira Shamayim. It's only when Shlomo Melch was Hispalel for the non-Jews, there he said, Hashem, when a guy davens, when a guy comes to the base, something he brings a korban or he says a tefillah, give him whatever he's asking for. Said so the guy shouldn't say that the base of is baloney. It's a lie. It's nonsense. It doesn't work. When a guy asks for something, give him what he asks for. Period. When a Jew asks for something, give him what he asks for, but only that it should that it should only bring us closer to you, Hashem. It should make us more religious. This will explain why sometimes a tzaddik will daven for a rasha or a person who's very far from Hashem, where he knows that this guy, his money, he's not going to use to buy sparring. He's going to use it to buy a newer BMW and a newer Ferrari and a newer. And yet the tzaddik will daven for him <coughs> that they should have this wealth. The tzaddik's tefillah is for the sake of Kiddush Hashem. Said the person shouldn't say, oh, there's no such thing as Hashem. That there's no that prayer doesn't work. It, it doesn't count. Well, there's no such thing as tzaddikim. And then the person will be worse. Rabbi Nelson Zal says, and therefore, regarding this topic of tefillah, there's a lot of hidden things that it's not so simple. And this is why there's a tremendous warning given when it comes to tefillah that a person is not allowed to be stubborn and insist on something in their tefillah that Hashem, I must have this now. I must have this now. But rather the attitude in tefillah, when you're davening for ruchnius, you're allowed to daven straight. But if you're davening for gashmius, the attitude should always be that I'm asking for it if it's to my benefit. And if Hashem will give it to me, great. And if Hashem doesn't give it to me, also good. As Rabbein Azal elaborates on this in chapter 20 in the Kutimran, the, the tremendous danger of being trying to force something. Because it's quite possible that Hashem cannot fulfill what you're asking for, even though you're davening for it. Because Hashem knows if I give you what you're asking for, you're going to scream out afterwards. You're going to say, ay, 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 Hashem, I made a mistake. I thought, I asked you, I want to, Hashem, I'm applying for a job. Please help me get this job. And the person gets the job and they say, whoa, what did I get myself into? This is the worst thing in the world. Or a person succeeds in buying a house or whatever it is. And the person sees that mamish this made their life a thousand times worse. 
ואם ידחויק ויסקיש בתפילוסוי, and if the person will force the issue, and they'll keep pounding at it, they'll keep insisting on asking for it, יוכל להיות שיתריח את השני זבורך עד שימלא מקושו סוי. It's quite possible that the person will force Hashem's hand, Kav Yochel. He'll force Hashem to fulfill his tefillah, because Hashem created man for this purpose, that Hashem wanted us through our tefillah to be able to draw Shefa. But it will not be to the person's benefit, it will not be to the person's advantage. Because remember, we said every flow of Shefa requires a Kaili. If your Kaili can only contain 100 watts, and you're asking for 1,000 watts, and you're pushing the issue, no, no, Hashem, I want the 1,000 watts, you get those thousand watts, you're in big trouble. Your Kaylee is going to explode. And again, we don't know these things. We can't know these things. The Tzadik can know these things. So they know, when it's good. they know when it's the right time, when a person through their tefillah has created enough Kaylee or a power enough, powerful enough Kaylee to be able to receive the Shefa that the person is asking for or that the person needs. Nimsa. So we conclude therefore, so long as a person is not davening, then the fact that the person doesn't have parnasa and doesn't have good health, and doesn't have this, is a favor to the person. Because if they did get the parnasa, it would do more damage. They'd be in worse predicament, we know that there are people who, when they're earning $100,000, they're in debt for $5,000, $10,000. The moment they get a big increase in this, they're making $200,000. Now they're not in debt for $5,000, they're in debt for $30,000. Because again, the bank sent them a new credit card. They got to a new level of the, the bank who loves us. They give us a new credit card where you can buy more. You get more credit and more, and get deeper. deeper. The hole gets deeper, chas even though there is this issue, we need to daven. Because through proper tefillah, a person will create proper kalim. So that Hashem will be able to fill all the holes, all the needs of that person, health and parnosa and all the other things, and the shefa will not do any harm to the person. Because the person with their tefillah has already prepared good, healthy vessels to receive that shefa. And then after the person was mispaled properly, then the shefa can come for good, for blessing. Just like we see on Shemini Atzeres, when we say the tefillah of Geshem, we say a whole long tefillah and everything, and then the climax, the grand finale is we say, 
What kind of baloney is that? I don't get it. I was asking Hashem for Shefa. You mean the Shefa can be Klala? The answer is definitely yes. If Hashem is pouring the, 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 the liquid and you don't have a, a good enough cup out there, your cup is a, a, a lousy cup. Hashem is pouring boiling hot tea and you have a paper cup that, that's not insulated, the, the, the cup is going to fall and you're going to get, your pants are going to boil and you're, you're going to scream out and everything. You're not going to get the drink. So therefore, it's extremely important to be mispalel and again, to add to the tefillah, please, only if it's to my benefit, it should only bring me closer to you. It shouldn't push me away from you. But the real focus of a person's tefillah has to be for the future, the ultimate future, which is that I should be to live the kind of life that I'll be zerchet to get to Gan Eden, told them Haba. Ki ikr shlemus hatfila hu rakish and estaklam alatachlis. Because real perfection of tfila is only when the person is looking to the future, to the real future, to, to Olam Haba. Vezeh bechines masheisa, and this is also what it's brought in the Sefer Tovis Yaakov Yosef. She ikr hatfila tzor shetia bishvil chisor in hashchina kavyoch. That when we're davening for all the things that we need, Hashem, I need money, I need clothes, I need health, I need children, I need this. Hashem, and I know that the Shekhinah needs. I know that that everything that Klal Yisrael is lacking is a reflection on the fact that the Shekhinah is lacking. The moon is incomplete. The, the Pigima Salavona. Hashem, please let us be zorcha, that whatever is lacking in the Shekhinah should be filled in. And Rabbi Nezal refers to this also in chapter 14 in Likud Imran, I took my bag, my, my lunch bag, and I put it in the windows of heaven. And Rabbi Nezal explains here that this refers to a person's tefillah, focusing my tefillah on ruchnius, davening for ruchnius more, then Gashmias. And when I'm asking for Gashmias, as we'll see in a minute, that a person's main focus in our tefillah should be for the benefit of my neshama, that I should be zechah to be a good Jew. I should be zechah to live a proper Jewish life. Even the tefillah in Shemun asking for refuah, or asking for parnasa, that why do I want to afford to be healthy to go to shul? I should be able to go to shul and daven. I should be healthy to do mitzvahs and parnasa to be able to, to give tzedakah, to be able to send my children to yeshiva, to be able to pay tuition, to be able to buy svarim, to be able to buy food for Shabbos, all for, for ruchnias. And this is exactly what the what the Tovus Yaakov Yosef means when he asks when he says that your main tefillah should be for the Shechina. He call hachesroinos shel haneshama hem chisaron hashechina because whatever is lacking in our neshama, if I'm lacking in yirashamayim, if I'm lacking in ahavas Hashem, whatever I'm lacking is a chisaron in the Shechina because the Shechina is a composite of all six hundred thousand neshamos. We mentioned that the word Shekhinah 
when you spell out the word Shekhinah, each letter has a word, Shin, Shin Yud Non, Chaf, Chaf Pei. The word Shekhinah is Bigimatria, Tof Reish Aleph, 601. Tof Reish Aleph is the same as Tof Reish Eleph, 600,000. The 600,000 Neshamas of Klal Yisrael. So anything that's lacking in our Neshama is lacking in the Shekhinah, Chas Vishon. Because our neshama is a part of the Shekhinah. And therefore, the main focus in all of our tefillah should be for the tachlis. When I'm davening for money and wealth, Hashem, give me parnosa and wealth so that I'll use it the right way. I'll, I'll work less, not I'll work more, not that the business will make me or require me to put in more hours. So I'll be able to spend less hours in parnosa and more hours in Torah and Tefillah. And, and it'll, it'll make things better. It'll improve my life. Not that it'll mess up my life through the wealth that I got. And so to regarding everything that we're asking for, that we're davening for, to always keep in mind that, uh, that the goal is coming close to Hashem. That's my real goal. The, the Pesach in Tehillim, Dovr says, Va'ani kirva selikim litoit. That for me, closeness to Hashem, that's what that's good. When I'm asking for good, I want a good life. What's a good life? Kirva selikim. We told over that Moshal, that story about a king who once said there were people in a city that were exceptional. They were fabulous citizens, and the king decided to reward them. And he said, a month from now, I'm going to open up one of my storehouses, one of my great treasuries, and every person can come and take one thing. And all the big geniuses spent time thinking what they're going to ask for. And the day came when they had to line up nine o'clock. Everybody was there from a day before waiting to be the first online to get it. And they're all there. And there's a kid there, one one young boy there, 18-year-old, 19-year-old with sneakers and everything. And they're all looking, he's probably going to ask for a new pair of sneakers or maybe just laces for his sneakers. And we're the big chacham and we know what to ask for. And they all go in and they ask for different toys, different things. And each person comes out with a big smile. He was the smart one. He knew what to ask for. And they ask him, do you know what you're going to be asking for? And he says, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm thinking about it. They're all laughing. He goes into the king and the king says, what do you want? <laughs> And the king says, this figures, this is going to be an easy one. And he says, the king really meant what he said, that we can ask for anything. He says, I'm a king. A king has unlimited resources. I can do it. He says, really, you mean it? Yes. He says, give me your hand, a handshake that, that this is 100%. He says, for sure, for sure. He says, I, I want your daughter. I want to marry your daughter. And the king hears this. And the king says, oh, no, what did I do? What did I do? I, he had no idea that somebody would come with something like this. And then the king thinks to himself for a minute, all of those other idiots who came in and this one asked for a car and this one asked for none of them had the brains that this person had. This person knew he could ask for one thing and that one thing would ensure that he'll have everything, everything. 
And the Moshul was that Dovah says, Va'ani kirva that if a person says, Hashem, please bring me close to you. I want to be close to you. I want to be a real son. You call us b'ni b'chayr v'yisrael. Let me be to be a real good son to you. That if I'll be zeich, if that fear will be answered, I won't have to ask for a house and this. If Hashem has somebody who's really close to him, Hashem is doeg for all of that person's individual needs. But if a person davens to be relieved from their misfortune, but the misfortune stays in place and they're forbidden to insist, then what was their tefillah for? And what are they supposed to do now? <clears throat> the answer is that sometimes, sometimes a person is supposed to persist. Sometimes it takes a certain amount of tefillah. Moshe Rabbeinu davened 515 tefillahs to get her at Israel, and we're told, had we said, had he said one more tefillah, he would have gotten it. Hashem knew that in his case, there would have been all kinds of damage to Klal Yisrael. So Hashem told him, stop davening. But to us, Hashem, if Hashem doesn't tell a person to stop davening, very often the person is supposed to continue and keep davening. However, if the person is not sure, this is where a person has to go to a Talmud Chacham, to a Tzadik, and ask, in this particular case, this thing that I'm davening for, should I really be davening for this? Is it just a matter that I have to daven more? Or should my tefillah be directed somewhere else? And Rabbi Nezal writes in Likud Yimran that there are times when Hashem will make that decision. When Hashem will take a person's tefillah, when the tefillah is really very special, and Hashem knows that Klal Yisrael needs something much more important than what that person is asking for. That person is asking for a refuah or something, whatever, which is important, but there's something much more important, which is that Geirim should come and join Klal Yisrael. A new member should come and join Klal Yisrael. And this requires a very, very powerful tefillah. So sometimes Hashem will take the person's tefillah, the person who was davening for a car or for a house, or for a wife, or for a four shalema, and Hashem will reroute that fila and use it in order to bring a gerim to Klal Yisrael, that kind of thing. So Rav Nachman Shirini asks, well, what about me? I still need the wife. I still have to... The answer is, the person will get it, but it'll take longer. Had that person's fila been answered right away, had Hashem used the fila for what the person died for, they might have gotten it right away. But because Hashem understood that the person and all of Klal Yisrael will benefit much, much more. If Hashem diverts the tefillah, Hashem will divert the tefillah. This person will still get what they're asking for, but it'll take longer, that kind of thing. So like Rav Nelson hinted here, that there's a lot of big things going on regarding tefillah that we don't know. We don't know, we don't understand. We have to try to do our part, a bit mimus kubibshitas. We have to try to pour on as many tefillahs as we can, and not just focus on one thing. If, if we're focusing on Kirva Salakim, yes, to focus on that all the time. Hashem, bring me close to you. But again, to keep davening and davening for everything and for everyone. And to believe that if we're connecting our tefillah to the tzaddikim, the tzaddikim will know exactly how to, how to deal with our tefillahs and how to see to it that our tefillahs should benefit us and benefit the whole Klau Yisrael. How do we know the difference whether to persist or not? 
I said, we don't necessarily know. And that's why it's important. That's one of the reasons why it's important for a person to come close to tzaddikim or to learn Torah, to learn a lot, because the Torah teaches us in certain cases when to persist, when to stop, when to continue, when not to. And now Rav Nassau addresses another thing, that this is why our rabbis who gave us Shmon Esrei, who gave us the tefillah, the Anshei Knesset Abdoila, they organized the tefillah in an incredible way. The first three brachas of the Shmon Esrei, we're not asking for anything. We're just praising Hashem. And only after that, we go into the 13 brachas in the middle where we're making personal requests. We do not start off asking for what we need. Because you must first start off with gratitude with thanking Hashem and praising Hashem, and we mention Hashem's great kindness in that first bracha, and the Gemara says that out of all the brachas in Shema Esrei, the most critical one that you have to have kavana for is that first bracha of Shema Esrei to really make sure to say the words carefully and and to think about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. This goes back to what we learned before. We start out by praising Hashem regarding His incredible kindness. That Hashem is always doing wonderful things for us. And everything Hashem does is for the good. Everything, even the things that sometimes to us look not so good. As we say in that first bracha, until we're coming towards the end of that bracha, when we say Hashem helps us and helps us and all different types of help. By saying this, we're showing that we believe that everything Hashem does is really tremendous kindness and it's eternal goodness, meaning our health and our sickness, our wealth and our poverty. And then we go into the Baruch of Atogibor, which is which corresponds to the first bracha is Chesed, Avram. The second bracha is Gevura, Sheshom Iker Tikun HaKelem, Kayadua. And it's on that left side in the Gevura where you have the main Tikun of the vessels, the Tzimtzum, the constrictions. Vishom Maskirin Gevura And that's where we mention Hashem's Gevura and his wonders, Sheyochoi Lesakein HaKoyol that can fix everything. Hashem, you are always all-powerful. This 
This is similar, sort of, to what Rashi says on the Pesach in Tehillim. Rashi says, what does it mean that you, Hashem, are moron, you're on top? It means that in this game where different opponents are trying to show oh, who's going to come out on top, Hashem always comes out on top. Because Hashem's intention is always for our eternal good. And that's why in that second bracha, we speak about that's the real future. That's the real important future. And everything that Hashem does for us, everything Hashem puts us through is really for our eternal good. When? After there'll be Tchiyas Amesim. That Hashem has, gives us tremendous Yeshuas. Shashem is Baruch Rav Lo Hashem does incredible Yeshua's for every person all the time. And that's why we go into detail in that second bracha regarding Hashem's chesed. We're making it perfectly clear that we realize that Hashem is always helping us. As we say at the end of the bracha, we make it perfectly clear that all the challenges in this world, it's all about Matzmiach Yeshua. However, the fact that there are times when it takes a long time for us to get that parnasa or to get the Yeshua, it's really only for our benefit. Hashem's intention is only for our good and for our eternal chesed. We'll hold it over here. We'll continue from here. I don't want to rush it. Ramosan's house is going to make this more and more clear. We're in the the Alkane Koiflen Kamapalmin. And this is why we repeat the singing of Machaye Mesa. We say it again to remind ourselves that this world, everything here is temporary. We get involved and it becomes, we think it's so, well, if I don't get that Parnassa today, I'm, I'm going to be in big trouble. To know that the, all the todays, this whole world is something transient. This whole world is not real. It's all temporary. It's a spring, a preparation for the real world. We talk about reality check. Reality check is not this world. Reality check is the next world. And the more a person is aware of that, the less affected, the less damage the person who comes. When there's a crisis here, the person knows to put it in perspective. Okay, I know we need it. But again, it's all about our ultimate goal. It's all about getting to the finish line. And, and, and if the person, if the Zivug isn't here today, Hashem knows why it can't be today. It has to be tomorrow. But I'm going to persist. I'm going to keep doing my tefillah more and more.
how does tefillah create kalim? We spoke about this many times. <clears throat> that that tefillah is putting your cup out. That's what tefillah is. Tefillah is Hashem has all the shefa. In order to receive it, you have to ask for it. The pasuk says, "Harchef picho va'amalehu." Hashem says, "Open your mouth wide, and I'll fill it." The mouth is the keli. The mouth is shaped like a cup. In a sense, that's the keli to be able to receive all of Hashem's hashpots. To be continued. Wishing everybody a good day, a good week. The schus of all tzaddikim should help us be zeichet all the yeshuas that we need, and especially the gula shleimah. Amen. Amen. Reb can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. So Reb always talks about there's davening and there's shtaris. So the question is, how do we know we're making a proper shtaris? In other words, Hashem's gonna if you're gonna get the money, you're gonna get the money. No problem. But hashtaris relates to if you have a good hashtaris, then you'll get the parnasa. Can can the Rav just take a quick moment? I, I just want to understand that because we're talking a lot about tefillah, and I just want a little clarity. One of the things to daven for is to ask Hashem help me to do a proper hishtadlus that I should I should do any effort that's dependent on me, anything you expect from me, any phone calls you want me to make, any trips you, whatever you want me to do, I should be to know it, and I should do it with Zrizas, I should do it properly. And again, the Torah teaches us, the Torah teaches us that when Hashem told Avram Avinu to do the Akedah, it says, Vayashkem Avram Baboker. He got up in the morning. Everybody gets up in the morning. No, 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 he got up early. The, the early bird catches the fish. The Torah teaches us different types of ishtabas. Times when a person needs resource, there are times when a person has to wait. The Torah teaches us that sometimes when you a person does something wrong against the person, a person says something wrong to someone, and, and you apologize that minute, sometimes the apology is going to be like putting oil on the fire. Sometimes you have to wait. You have to wait. The person is angry, upset wait for that anger to subside and then approach and then it'll have a positive effect. Or sometimes you can't use a direct approach. Sometimes you have to go through a third party. The Torah teaches us a tremendous amount about hishtadlus, about what's healthy kosher hishtadlus and what's the wrong type of hishtadlus. <laughs> in in, um, in Kitzur Likud Yamaran, in chapter 60, and Rabbi Nassau speak about Bitochain. And in Kitzel, Rabbi Nassau has a paragraph there where he says, let me explain to you now what's healthy Bitochain and what's the wrong kind of Bitochain. And there he gives a, a, a description. He says, when a person starts doing illegal things and saying, Hashem, help me that I shouldn't get caught, that, that's not Hishtadlis. That's not kosher Hishtadlis. That's not proper Bitochain. Proper bitochen is, he describes two levels there. At certain people who are on a very, very, very high level, where they could devote their themselves totally to Torah and Tefillah all day, they're allowed to do it, and, and, and Hashem will provide for them. Not to worry, Hashem will provide. The vast majority of us who are not on that level, who, who need to go out to work, a person's allowed to go out to work, but, but to not to do it in a way that means no Torah, no tefillah, no going to shul, not giving any tzedakah because I'm working so hard to earn the money, 
The last thing I'm going to do is give it away to give tzedakah, to spend money on mitzvahs, on tzitzis and tefillin and things, and to be confident, to trust in Hashem that even though it looks like the numbers don't add up, I'm earning $300 a week and my expenses are $800. So how, how is this going to work? The answer is it could work. If you're doing what you're supposed to, Hashem has no problem covering the other 500. How? Unlimited resources, unlimited ways from where it can come from. This is briefly, there's, there's a lot more that we're going to learn throughout all the Shulam about this. It's a shame.